Good morning and welcome to worship at Church of the Palms Presbyterian Church. We're delighted to have you join us during this hour. I'm Pastor Phil Bliss. Today after the service there's going to be a time of celebration for the ministry of Reverend Fred Marsh and that uh, this will be held over in the campus center following this service. We congratulate our youth pastor, Derek Thompson and his wife in the birth of their third daughter. Dr. McConnell, our senior pastor, has written a book and uh, this comes out next Sunday. And on September the 25th, he will have a book talk and book signing. And this will be at 6 p.m. here in the sanctuary on the 25th. The title of his book is Take Me to Aslan, C.S. Lewis and the Art of Trusting. Today, Dr. McConnell is preaching uh, on the ultimate trump card from James chapter 2 and 1 Peter chapter 4. This uh, coming Saturday, a new member class will be held. It'll be here uh, up in room 206 in our ed education building. And uh, that will start at nine o'clock from nine to 12. So a new member class next Sunday morning in room 206. Now let us go downstairs as we begin our worship service. Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Judy Fulton, and I serve as an elder in a congregation. We begin our service with the opening prayer printed on the cover of your bulletin. Let us now bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Author of all humankind, come to lift us up to our full humanity as we worship you in this hour. You surround us on every side and are acquainted with all our ways. You know our shallow motives and our deepest thoughts. You are aware of the distinctions we make and the favoritism we express. Yet you welcome us, not as strangers, but as heralds of your reign. We want to worship you and to represent you well. Come among us now with your transforming power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, as our service continues with reverence, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude. 
psalmist wrote, Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright, upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. Amen. Because we have broken God's law, because we have not sought first his kingdom and his righteousness, because we have neglected many things, we approach God seeking forgiveness. So please join me in praying our prayer of confession together. O oh God, we confess that our good intentions have gone astray. We favor the people who are like us and honor those we deem to be important. We dishonor the poor, write off those with whom we disagree, excuse our self-serving behavior, and sow injustice on every hand. It is so much easier to give advice than to do good. We would rather point fingers at others who are unfair than to give up our own advantages. Oh God, we plead for your forgiveness and for a depth of faith that will make a difference in us and in our world. Amen. God in his mercy and his love hears our prayers and forgives our sin. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to wipe the slate clean. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us say what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now greet those around you.
Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms this morning. We're thankful that you're with us as we come together as the people of God to wonder what God is up to in our lives and how we might be called by His Spirit into the world. We hope that you will find here not just a place of, of comfort, but also a place of commission, and we hope that you will discover more of what God wishes for you in your life. We have uh, friendship pads in the pews, and we'd love for you to pass those along and note those folks who are sitting near you that you may discover perhaps even a new friend today and welcome them to join us after the worship service. Uh, lots of things are happening this week. Lots of things are getting started up, and uh, so we're focusing today on those things that we want to call your attention to, new ministries that are getting going. We're taking uh, your uh, volunteering for our tutoring, getting taking your names, and we would love for you to sign up for our tutoring ministry, which begins in a couple of weeks. Judy's waving her arms back there, trying to get people to, and you'll be out underneath the tree afterwards, Judy, yes, to take names. So if you would like just to give an hour a week to a student who needs a little help in, uh, in some of the basic subjects as, they, as that student goes to school somewhere here in Sarasota County, we would love for you to help us out and seek Judy out after the service. Our adult classes begin this Wednesday night, and uh, if you'd like to sign up for one of those, you can turn to page eight in your bulletin. There's a little tear-off. Write your name down. Say, I'd like to try out this class or that class. Put in the offering plate. That way we can have some sense of uh, whether you are coming, and please, even if you haven't signed up, we'd still love for you to come uh, to uh, one of those that are being offered this coming Wednesday evening. Our C.S. Lewis uh, class begins Tuesday night. That's our reading group. We're reading a new book uh, that's in your bulletin, so we would hope that uh, you would sign up for that and be a part of that class on Tuesday evening. We uh, also uh, get launched with our middle school and high school students. Our middle school students will be meeting on Wednesday night. Our high school students will be meeting tonight as the fall begins. And also we have a new uh, uh, boys group that's meeting, uh, fathers and sons uh, meeting on Saturday uh, during the day and we would, or during the evening. So take note of that announcement as well. We have a new members class coming up on Saturday. Just a few things that are happening here at Church of the Palms. We, uh, we would love for you to be a part of all that. And then in two weeks from today, we have a congregational meeting following this service at around 10.15 to hear the report of the Associate Pastor Nominating Committee who is bringing to us a candidate for our new Associate Pastor position for congregational care. And uh, we'd love for you to come to the 915 service. She will be preaching at that service. And then following that, you will have a chance to hear the report of that committee. There'll be more information coming out about this new candidate, but we would love for you to uh, join us two weeks from today on September the 23rd for that, for that meeting. We are sad to let you know today that a uh, great leader in our church, Buddy Savory, passed away early this morning. And uh, we are uh, attending to his family, Mary and his family, and we will be um, aware of more of the details for his service coming up hopefully the end of this week. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can call the church office. We don't know those details yet, but please keep Mary and her family in your prayers as they uh, mourn the loss of Buddy Savory. I'd like to invite Fred Marsh to come forward along with Linda. We want to uh, take a moment to say thanks to one of our great servants here, Fred Marsh. Any of you know Fred? Raise your hand if you know Fred Marsh. Yeah, okay. (laughs) 
Fred and Linda were uh, wandering souls from Iowa when they came down here many, many years ago and uh, ended up in our pews. And uh, uh, someone's good wisdom uh, brought them to a point where they asked Fred if uh, Fred would be willing to join us on our ministry team here at Church of the Palms many, many years ago. And uh, Fred says he signed up for a year. Um, but uh, you never sign up for a year here at Church of the Palms. And uh, it has been, what, 12 years since then, or 13, 14, 20? To some, it seems like 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've outlasted lots of senior pastors. I know that, Fred. So uh, <laughs> I think when he finally realized he wasn't going to outlast me, he decided he was, uh, he was going, to, um, going to retire finally and uh, spend more time with this lovely lady. You know, they say that behind every successful pastor, there's a a woman who couldn't be more surprised. So, um, <laughs> but uh, Linda, we, we know that you are a pair and a duo and you are uh, a quiet support for this man as he has been about uh, great ministry in our midst here at Church of the Palms. Many of you have received a visit from Fred at bedside or in your home and uh, you have perhaps received his ministry when you have been in the midst of losing a loved one and we are just uh, we know that we have been blessed by a ministry of a very caring man who's come alongside of us and helped us to walk through the walk through the great journey together so Fred we can't thank you enough however we will make one a, a couple of attempts to do that uh, Fred is uh, known for uh, memorizing scripture and has done that through the alphabet, A through Z. He has a scripture lesson, a scripture verse for every letter of the alphabet that he's committed to memory. And I wish we had the time for you to recite that. But we don't. But uh, we, we've tried to capture this along the way as he has recited this to us in different times and places. And we may not have it perfectly right here, but we did put it on a, a little uh, sheet here, a little for you to have, and, uh, and in the event that somewhere down the road you kind of don't remember one of those letters, we've got, we've got one of those. My memory is fading quickly. Yeah, right. We also have uh, gone out and um, we have uh, given you a one-year subscription to American Cowboy. Uh, so, that, we, we know that you have been on the cover of that magazine several yes, times. Yes, but, we weren't able to find those copies, so, but we wanted you to know that you'll get a year's subscription to American Cowboy. And then finally, uh, the congregation has gone together to uh, give you this little love gift that we want you to take as a way, a small way for us to say. It's yours. how It's Okay, that's, that's right. I get the magazine. You get the magazine, you get the check. Um, but it's a small way of saying thank you for all that you have done to be a part of our life here at Church of the Palms. And, we bless you. We will have a reception for the marshes just after the service. In fact, after the benediction, I will escort them over to the campus center. We invite you to come on over and spend some time with these two dear people. But would you please say thank you with your love. If I had known this, I wouldn't have retired. <laughs> you may be seated. 
Can I say something? Y you can say something, Fred. There is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. And I believe that Church of the Palms is the most loving place in town. And I am so very grateful that I had the opportunity to be one of your pastors for the past 12 years. And we will cherish the friendships that we have formed with you. The Bible says in my scripture verse, for gee, God is love. God is love. God created the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, and he created you, and he loves you more than all the rest. He loves you best of all. My favorite verse of scripture this morning is Philippians 1.3. Every time I think of you, I thank God. And I think of you every day. And I pray. And if I were speechless. <laughs> are you planning a sermon today? I, I was. <laughs> and if I were speechless. I love you, 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 and them. God bless you. God bless Church of the Palms. God bless everybody everywhere. Now we'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's moment. Good morning, everybody. Come on down, guys. Come on up, choir kids. Good morning, everybody. Miss Lori couldn't be here this morning. She's having a very special weekend with some of her family, but she allowed me to come talk to you guys this morning, and you know I love to be here with you guys. And she has us starting this morning, come on down, everybody, talking about respect. And we know that no matter who we are, we all need to respect God because he is so powerful. In fact, on the radio this morning on my way here, I heard them call God omnipotent. Wow, that was a big word. And when I listened to them talk about what it meant, omnipotent meant that he was all-powerful and all-reigning over everything. So no matter who we are, we need to stop and respect God. But let's talk about some other people we respect. At your house, who is in charge at your house? Yes, sir. Your dad and your mom, very diplomatic. Your mom and your dad, very nice. And they have the power at home, so they have our respect. Okay, we all went back to school. Who has the power at school? Who's in charge at school? Yes, ma'am. Teacher. Your teacher, I'm a teacher. So I'm in charge of my room. Who else is in charge at school? Beyond the teacher, who else is in charge at school? 
Ooh, the principal, definitely. They have a lot of power and so they get our respect. All right, let's think even bigger. If you've been watching television, there's a whole lot of commercials on TV talking about some of the people who are very powerful in our country, who help lead the entire United States. Who might be someone very powerful in our country? God. Oh, I love that answer. I hope that he is very powerful in our country. Very nice answer. Now think about a person, an actual person like you and me, that we hear about who helps lead our whole country. Let me go to my back row here. What do you think, back row? Obama. Oh, Obama. He's the what? The president, right. He has a lot of power in our country, right? Okay, so we should respect him as one of our leaders. Now, these are very powerful people we talked about, mom and dad, teachers, principals, presidents. I had some kids in the garden who were talking about kings and queens. These are very powerful people. But should all of those people still respect God? Yeah, remember how we said he's omnipotent, all-powerful, all-ruling? Well, this morning I want to tell you about a very powerful person in the Bible. And his story is in Matthew. And I need a helper here. Could you stand up? Would you stand up with me? Oh, thank you so much, Becca. Could you wear my special hat? And could you hold my special shield? Oh, Becca just became a very powerful centurion. She is a leader in the Roman army. She's a powerful, powerful soldier who's in charge of a hundred people she has to lead. So she is very well respected because she has a lot of power in the army. But something really tough happened one day to Becca and she didn't know how to handle it. One of her servants got really sick and I'm not talking the sniffles, okay, where you have to miss a day of school. I'm talking this person was paralyzed. Anybody know what paralyzed means? What does paralyzed mean? Yes, sir. That's right. I'm still. I can't move my arms and my legs, right? So that was very, very sick. This person was maybe close to dying, and the centurion didn't know what to do about it. And even though the centurion knew that she is very powerful and very well respected, she knew that Jesus was way more important than she is. Jesus was going around Galilee talking to people, healing people, changing their lives. So she thought, I need to find him. So she went out on a hunt and found Jesus. And she said, Jesus, I have such faith in you and in your power. And I respect your power so much. I know you can heal my servant. Get this part. He didn't touch the servant. He didn't even see the servant. And he still healed the servant. That is amazing. And what Miss Lori wants us to remember this morning is if the centurion can bring this huge problem to Jesus, what should we do with our problems? The next time that you're not getting along with your brother or sister and don't know what to do about it, next time something happens at school, you have a tough teacher or something tough you're trying to learn or a disagreement with somebody on the playground, you can take those problems to God because he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent, and he loves it when we bring our problems to him and show how much we respect him.
Okay, so that's what we want to remember this morning. Thank you so much, Centurion. Would you sit down there for me? And can everybody bow their heads in prayer with me this morning? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us so much that you want to hear about all of our problems so that you can help us. We respect and love you. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Let's head on out this way.
Let us bow our hearts and our heads in united prayer. Our Lord and Savior, we approach you this morning with faith and hope because of what you have already done for us. We are grateful, O God, for your attention and your mercy. We marvel that we matter so much to you, that you have established a covenant in which we can thrive with the help of your spirit. We are privileged that we have been given a share in the work that you are doing in the world and thus given us meaning and purpose beyond which we could secure for ourselves. You have provided for and protected us, nudged and nurtured us, inspired and enriched us. You've given us undeserved second, third, and fourth chances. Thank you for helping us to find our sense of self-worth in you and not by seeking our own way. As the prophet asked his mentor for a double portion of his blessing and spirit. So this morning, Lord, we ask for a double portion of your grace so that we who know we are forgiven will be able to forgive. We ask for a double portion of your wisdom so that we may come to better understand your will and find your way through the sometimes confusing landscape of this world. We ask for a double portion of your peace so that we can conquer our own anxiety and sow calm in others. We ask for a double portion of your courage so that we can confront injustice in ourselves and in our world. A double portion of your persistence so that we won't give in when times are tough and a double portion of your hospitality that we may be ready to invite and welcome others into this fellowship which is devoted to you. We pray this morning that you will console those whose eyes are flooded with tears and whose hearts are filled with anxiety and sorrow. That you'll give your rest to those who have been made weary by heavy burdens this week and you will strengthen the resolve of those who are sorely tempted. We pray for the missionaries around the world that our church supports, for all the ministries our dedicated staff and volunteers offer. We pray for our senior pastor and the many responsibilities he must carry. So we ask, bless and guide our president, our legislators, our judges, and our local officials. And we pray that you'll keep our troops safe around the world. Be with us now as we continue in worship, seeking to draw nearer and nearer to you in Jesus' name, we pray the prayer that you offer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, as we And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us worship together in the bringing of our tithes and offerings.
and you became poor in order that we might become rich. May these collections be a token of our gratitude for all you've done. And we pray that you'll increase the joy of giving as we have freely received from you, taking increasing pleasure in the joy of offering to you just a portion of what you've given to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many thanks for your prayers of intercession for the Wolverines this past week. They apparently needed them. Our scripture lessons today are taken from pretty close to the back of the New Testament, two great letters. First, the letter of James, the second chapter that we have been spending time with this month and then also to the letter of 1 Peter. But first, the letter of James, chapter two, verses one through 17. Hear the word of God. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, well, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, well, stand there or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is not the rich, is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? 
You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Our second lesson is from 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near, therefore be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. And whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him, Belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, O Lord, we ask that these words to come will point to the word just read into the word made flesh, that we may know what is true, what is real, what is good for the sake of our lives and for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. I am not the gambling type. I lived for a long time, not too far from Atlantic City, and Atlantic City was not my favorite place to visit for all of its shows and glitter. I find it to be a very depressing place. Lots of people throw away lots of money there. In places like that, in Las Vegas, I break out in hives when I pass by a blackjack table. I will buy a lottery ticket only when the jackpot exceeds $200 million, <laughs> and then it's a buck. So I'm not a gambler. I've seen too many lives ruined by it, actually. But I do like to play cards. I'm always, a game. I'm always game for a game of cards. Growing up, I learned a bunch of games. Unfortunately, never the game of bridge. I wasn't smart enough for bridge. Euchre, though, was a big game up in the Midwest. We played a bit of Euchre. 
I also played a bit of spades. A lot of my friends played spades. Our big family game was the game of hearts. We loved hearts. Always on vacation, a deck of cards would come out, and hearts was played for hours. And all these card games of my youth were all games involving something called trump. Trump is the name you give to a suit of cards that carries a certain power in the game. The trump suit has the greater weight. It has the ability to cover or take other cards. Trump ranks higher than anything else in the deck. You may have an ace of diamonds in a game of spades, but it's the spade, even the lowly two of spades, that will get you every time. So when in these games of trump, you always hope when you pick up your hand that you're going to see a lot of trump. In some games, like in Euchre, though, trump is something you get to name. Players get to take turns naming the trump. In other words, when the turn falls to you, you get to look into your hand and see what cards you have the most of, and you get to name the trump. If you've got mostly diamonds, you can name diamonds. Mostly clubs, you can name clubs. It doesn't necessarily mean victory, but at least it puts you at an advantage. It's always good when you get to name the trump. Naming trump means you get to, in a sense, uh, control the game a bit with what is strongest in your hand. It is something we tend to do even when we step away from the card table because the truth is, as the way things go, you and I get dealt at the outset of our lives a certain hand of cards, a certain, a certain suit, something beyond our control. None of, us gets asked, none of us asks to be the kind of people we are. None of us gets to pick our genetic codes. None of us determine our chromosomal balance. It all just got dealt to us. We, we certainly add a few cards along the way through our experience and through our upbringing, but a lot of us, a lot of who we are got dealt us in the beginning from the deal of a loving and gracious creator who believes very much not only in life, but in the uniqueness of our lives, no two of us are alike. And so uniquely, we all have our own, let's say, strong suits. We all have our own strengths, our own dominant characteristics. Some of us have a lot of brains. You bridge players have a lot of brains. Some of us have a lot of artistic talent. Some of us have a lot of compassion. Some of us have a lot of uh, ability with numbers. Some of us have a lot of business acumen. Some of us have a lot of reason and logic. Some of us have a lot of empathy. Some have a lot of wisdom and discernment. That, that's looking at it from the positive side, these positive, strong suits. But from the negative side, our strong suits can look like a temper anger, compulsion, passive aggressiveness, impatience, insensitivity, rush to judgment, the list goes on and on. These strong suits that we may not be actually very proud of and sometimes not even aware of. But all in all, every one of us has a different hand and everyone has a different suit to play. But where things get really challenging and sometimes very messy is when we decide in our relationships to name the Trump. We human beings have a tendency to do that. We have a tendency to, to name the Trump. We have a tendency to, to look at what we're good at or what we're strongest with, sometimes even what we're bad at, and we name it as Trump. In other words, we, we want to say that the way I look at things, the way 
I come at things, the way I approach things, that gets to be the trump card. I, for example, if, for example, my strong suit is brains, we all know we're not talking about myself, if my strong suit is brains, I may feel the temptation to name that as Trump and trump you with my smarts. I try to intimidate you with my intelligence. I subconsciously try to make you feel a little dumb with my ability to think. If my strong suit is anger, well then I will often try to trump you with my anger. I will try to get you to fold your cards with my trump card of anger. Or I may pride myself with the strong suit of discernment, and we should always be aware when we pride ourselves over anything, then I may want to name that, that discernment as trump and jump to judgment, call, excuse the phrase, a spade a spade, use my judgment to put other people in their places. In marriage counseling, I'd, I often get to the topic when working with couples about conflict resolution and what often happens between husbands and wives when they get into an argument is they start trying to play their trump card. If one, for example, is a very reason-oriented person, then that's what she wants to play as trump and she will try to reason her husband into agreement. Be reasonable, she says. Likewise, if the other has got anger as a strong suit, he wants to name that as Trump. He tries to trump her with his Trump. His voice gets louder, his face gets redder, his words get sharper. He tries to win the day, not paying attention to what he's doing to this person in the relationship and then regrets maybe later what he might have said in his anger. Life does get messy when you and I start naming the Trump because the word trump comes from the word triumph. When I'm trumping you, I'm trying to triumph over you. I'm trying to make, you a, make me a winner and you a loser. Never a good thing in a marriage, to be sure. No one in a marriage ever wins an argument. Usually both become losers. But beyond that, when you try to triumph in your relationships, usually the same thing applies. There are no winners and usually just a bunch of losers. So it's interesting in James when the apostle says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy, in other words, trumps judgment. In the kingdom of heaven, the trump card, according to the apostle, is mercy. It's how you play the game in the kingdom. Those are the house rules. Mercy trumps everything else. When you and I try to live into our discipleship, when we see ourselves as the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, when we are tempted to, to play our hand and play our strong suit, the apostle reminds us there is only one trump card in the kingdom, and that's mercy. In 1 Peter, the apostle puts it in a different way when he says, love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. If you're looking for the strongest card in the deck, if you're, if you're looking to be victorious in the game, if you're looking to truly triumph at the table, if you want to know 
what triumph is when it comes to all those players and people in your life who may not see the world like you see the world or may not behave like you want them to behave or may not live according to standards you have set. If you're looking to trump them, then the card, the apostle says, is love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, put it this way. He says, sin discovers a multitude of sins, but love covers a multitude of sins. He was saying those words in relation to the story when they brought before Jesus the woman caught in adultery and, and the Pharisees had pulled out their trump cards. They, they got those trump cards. They, they look like stones and rocks. They have discovered sin. And they know the rules. They know what card they get to play. It's right there in the rule book. In their discernment, they are eager to judge. But Jesus wants to change the rules. He wants to name Trump. So he says mercy. He says grace. He says love. And now the Pharisees don't want to play the game anymore. I read years ago about the work of an urban ministry to runaway youth called Covenant House. One of my best friends worked for Covenant House for a while. You have likely heard about Covenant House. It began as a Roman Catholic ministry in New York City, ministering to kids who had run away from home to the big city and had been ensnared by the dark commerce of drugs and sex. The workers of Covenant House sought to provide a place, a safe place in the city for kids who were victims of the storms of the city. In the material I was reading, there was a letter from a young woman who, along with others, had made a mess of her life. She had, she had descended deep into the world of, of drugs and the sex trade, and she was, according to most, all that was wrong with the world. She was one that us Presbyterians might not want to spend much time with. Then a priest from Covenant House had reached out to her and over months and months she began to turn her life around and, and far down the road to recovery she wrote that priest a letter and if you will allow me I'd like to read it in its entirety. She writes, I just wanted to write you because there's some things I really want to say to you. First, thank you. I truly believe God puts people in our lives for a reason, and I believe you were put into mine to save mine. And I thank you for your strength and faith to carry out God's will. The very first time I met you, something sparked in me. You, you never looked down on me or it made me feel like I was worthless, a worthless waste of flesh. That's how I felt. But instead, you showed me you cared and you believed I was worth something. And I grabbed that feeling and wanted more. I enjoyed talking to you. As a matter of fact, I couldn't wait. The things I learned from you helped me every day in my life now. It, it's just so amazing to me that I, I cried to God to help me, and then I met you, and I just knew he had already started. I went from not wanting to hear what people had to say to wanting to listen to your every word. 
The person I was out there was not really me. I, I even felt like a failure because I couldn't kill myself the right way. I used to think that even God didn't want my even God didn't want my life. Well, now I know I was right about God not wanting my life, but only because He wanted me to have it. Every night I pray only for the desire and willingness I need and the strength to carry out God's will. I thank God every day for giving me that day. And I also, without fail, say a special prayer for you. So I'm grateful today just to sleep in a bed, wake up with a roof over my head. I don't want material things, I just want me. I feel the way I do now. The fact that I like my life is only because I don't use drugs anymore. The best thing of all today is that my son learned to tie his shoes and couldn't wait to tell me. And you know what else he was able to do? Double knot. That to me is a gift by itself. So I just wanna thank you for teaching me to have a little faith in myself and because that is the one gift from God I will not be returning. Lots of sins and lots of people eager to point them out. But love covers a multitude of sins. Mercy trumps judgment. Because don't you wonder if that wasn't the point when on that Friday of long ago when they were hoisting Jesus' body up on the cross and John tells us that the soldiers below him were gambling. They weren't playing cards per se. They were rolling dice. They were, they were gambling though. They were gambling for Jesus' clothes. And in fact, they were playing the best cards they knew that day and yet above them in the rabbi from Galilee, what nobody really knew that day was that someone was naming Trump. The rules and the game were changing. A new suit was being called. They couldn't hear the words, but they could see the man sacrifice the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. They couldn't hear the words but they could see them. Mercy trumps judgment. Sin discovers a multitude of sins, but love covers them up. Such are the rules in the kingdom of heaven. Such is the only trump card we have to play. Thank you.
again to remind you, following the benediction and the benediction response, you may join Fred and Linda over in the Campus Center where we will have a chance to receive them and thank them for their ministry in our midst. And to remind you that they're not going away. They come to worship here every Sunday still. So no retirement for that, right? Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. This telecast is coming to you from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're bringing you a live broadcast of our 9 o'clock traditional worship service as we do each Sunday morning throughout the year. Locally, we're seen on Comcast Cable Channel 189. And through live streaming, we're also seen everywhere the Internet reaches throughout the world. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian Church, USA. S-H-A-P-E, shape. Finding your perfect fit according to God's design, beginning September 25th, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in room 206. You know, God has given each one of us a unique shape, a one-of-a-kind identity comprised of our spiritual giftings, personality, abilities, and experiences. And once you understand your shape and how you fit into God's purpose and plan for your life, it explains how you respond to authority, how you handle criticism and confrontation, how you make friends and interact with people, and how you deal with emotions. Once you know your shape, you can better evaluate how you spend your time. In this six-week class, you'll learn how you're equipped for the service of Christ through exercises, and you can learn how to interpret them and discuss the results in a small group. The class meets beginning September 25th at 7 p.m. in room 206. For registration and or questions, you can contact Bob Berson at 400-9391. Men's Bible Study, Wednesdays at 7.30 to 8.45 a.m. in the chapel reception room, is back after the summer recess.
with a study of the Gospel of Luke, which will be followed in the new year by Acts of the Apostles, chronicling Paul's journeys. The C.S. Lewis Reading Group, Tuesday, September 11th. Join us beginning September 11th at 6 p.m. in the chapel reception room for this reading group led by Dr. Stephen McConnell. There's a new member class Saturday, September 15th from 9 to 12 p.m. in room 206. If you're ready to make a deeper commitment to Church of the Palms through membership, then we invite you to join our fall new members class. In this class, you'll learn more about the church, what we believe, and if interested, how you can get involved. Please contact Carolyn Wilson, Director of Equipping Ministry, to sign up, 941-924-1323. The music ministry announces its fall concert season, featuring the Sarasota Pops concert at Church of the Palms, October 28th at 3 p.m. All Hallows' Eve meets All Saints' Day. Enjoy a little early Halloween concert with Sanson's Dance Macabre. Then celebrate All Saints' Day with When the Saints Go Marching In. And featuring our wedding theme for the season, Something Old, is the Bach Brandenburg Concerto No. 3. Something New is a beautiful piece by Eric Whitaker called October. Something Borrowed is a medley from Phantom of the Opera. And Something Blue is Colton Kaysen singing from Old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra favorites. For more information, you can contact John Ferreira at 924-1323. We remind you the World Communion Sunday is coming up October 7th, and you're invited to participate in our church's celebration of World Communion Sunday. Participants dress in native attire of their national heritage or a country of your choice and are part of the processional for the church service. There are several outfits available for use in the Music and Arts Building, or you can make your own. If you have any questions or would like to sign up for the event, you can contact Robin Siegel at 322-0494. Next Sunday morning, beginning at 9 Eastern, another live telecast will originate here in the sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We sincerely hope that you'll be able to join us here at our church campus in the week to come for study, for fun, fellowship. If you have any questions regarding the items we just talked about, you can call the church office at 924-1323 to get more information. And now until next week, this is Jimmy Lance. May the peace of Christ surround and comfort you and yours. Enjoy this day, this gift, God's good morning.